Welcome to Sports Cap Radio. I'm your host, Drew Forbes. Uh, we got a great show for you tonight. Wild Card Weekend is in the books officially. Uh, super Wild Card Weekend. Super fucking Wild Card Weekend. The rebranding of it was unnecessary, but it was a fucking lit weekend of football. I mean, honestly, on paper, Wild Card Weekend looks like looked like it was going to be a complete fucking stinker, and it ended up being incredible. So um, we got a lot to talk about with that. So we're going to recap Wild Card Weekend. We're going to look ahead to the uh, the upcoming games. Another full slate of NFL playoffs for this weekend, and I cannot wait for it. Uh, but let's go ahead and start off with uh, the elephant in the room, which is Cowboys fans are the biggest fucking cunts on earth. <laughs> they, I, I, it really, it, it, it kind of kind of shocks me because I think I think a lot of people forget about how big, truly big these cunts are. Because they're kind of harmless cunts for the last like thirty years. They haven't really done much. They haven't really made the playoffs that much. When they get in the playoffs, they fail miserably. But of course, it's a fan base that truly cannot take a joke. I mean, every single meme we've posted since the Bucks game, and we've posted a lot of memes about the Bucks. I don't see a lot of people like complaining about those. So let's just talk about it within our pod last week. This is not what we expected, boys. What what happened here with the Bucks? Kind of exactly so, what you thought would happen. I mean, not necessarily exactly what I thought would happen. I thought that Dak would have played worse. He did not. Um, the Cowboys' offense looked pretty good. They took advantage of the Bucks' defense, particularly with their tight ends um, and a lot of zone coverage. For some reason, one of the Bucks' top cornerbacks, Jamel Dean, was not playing in the game, even though he was supposedly healthy and active. Um, so that's, you know, a head scratcher there. And then offensively, the Bucks looked like what they looked basically all year, where they just had no creativity on offense. They weren't able to move the ball much at all. Um, and when they did have the opportunity to move the ball and, and actually drive down to the red zone, Tom Brady, uh, throws a ridiculously bad interception off his back foot where he's just running away from, uh, a would be tackler. And he basically just did not step up into the pocket all night. Everything was off. He looked particularly bad. And so the bucks had no chance. Yeah. And you know, who looked particularly really fucking good. Micah Parsons. What a fucking monster he is. Um, so good. He so is just good. so yeah. good. He really, he like, he, honestly, he kind of just took over that game and maybe not necessarily in the stat sheet, but man, he was just all over the fucking place, just terrorizing mm-hmm. Tom Brady from like start to finish. And uh, this game, there's, there's some other things we're going to talk about later that I'm going to, um, I'm going to touch on, you know, for this, but like everyone wants to kind of blow Dak right now, but dude, he, he made one good throw as far as I got to see. And it was that, that end zone pass uh, down in the corner to, I think it was Gallup, maybe. Uh, it, was, it was a really good ball, but like he had no pressure, so nobody was there at all. The defense just really shit the bed. Uh, I, I, I'm still just a very firm believer that Dak's trash and overrated, but uh, we'll get we'll get to see what, what kind of player he is when they travel to uh, San Francisco next week because I promise you with everything uh, that I know about life and football and uh, pass rush that there's a 0% chance in hell he's going to be able to dance back there and fucking twiddle his thumbs while he just waits for people to get open like he did last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? I, I just want to say something real quick. Um, for any of our Dallas fans that might be listening or might be debating not following us anymore because of this podcast. 
lost. Um, I just want to make something really clear. I'm a Vikings fan. I talk shit about Kirk Cousins all the fucking time. I talk shit about my team all the time. It's okay to just talk shit about your team or other teams. Sometimes this might strike you as odd, but it's okay to actually just laugh about yourself sometimes and not take everything so personally. And I know that's a very foreign concept for some Dallas fans. So for any of our Dallas listeners out there, and I actually looked at the sports memory stats today, we have a shitload of fan or uh, followers from Texas. So all this butthurt that I've seen in our comments, I'm not surprised by it. Cause it's just like a little insulated bubble over there of Dallas fans. I go to Dallas a lot for work, but I shit on my team all the time. Marcus shits on his team all the time. Derek shits on his team all the time. Well, now that he can when the Patriots aren't the Patriots anymore. Um, Newman Newman doesn't shit on his team. He's a little bit you know overzealous on his team, but he's he doesn't get butt hurt when other people rip his team. So well, all I'm asking, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he also has two teams. All I'm asking for any Dallas fans that might be listening is, I don't know, grow up, grow some balls. And learn to take some criticisms because your team has not been good for a long time. And guess what? You just want to you just won the first road playoff game in 30 years. That's awesome. By the way, who has been on the Cowboys sack all fucking years, boys? This guy right here. I've loved I've loved Dallas all year long. It wasn't until like the last final weeks of the of this regular season that I kind of went like was like, ah, maybe this team isn't that good. But listen, it's okay. We're, we're going to talk some shit about your team tonight. Probably a lot of shit. Uh, Marcus is going to is going to say that your quarterback sucks balls probably seven or eight times. For it's all right. sure, we can all laugh about it together, and we can move on. All right, Marcus, let's talk about how much Dak sucks balls. Oh um, my god, he sucks so much balls. <laughs> Man, I honestly, I, I just, I good for him. He got the money. He's going to help cripple that franchise. But man, does he like having balls in his face or what? Um, and you know, and obviously, all the you know, media likes to come back out right now. They're like, "Oh, Dak's a god. Dak gets it done. Like he's not going to get it done. I can't fucking wait for next." It's one of the best games he ever played. You know what I mean? So if that's your best, then okay, let's see you do it for another three weeks. It yeah. should be interesting, but uh, what a, what a weekend it was though. Like this, if, if we're just being honest, like just watching it, holy fuck, top to bottom. Wild. Dude, they, great they great games. I mean the, the the Bucks game was truly an outlier in terms in terms of what the, the games were, but let's not move quite off the Bucks game yet. Uh dude, Brett Maher. Is that how you pronounce it? Brett Maher? Uh yes, that's correct. I've never seen a player go one for five on extra points. And then the fact that he cleared the under by just one point. So if he would have just made one one other extra point. They would have, they would have, you know, people that bet the over under would have, would have broke even because I believe the majority of books finished off at forty six. So if you would have just hit one more extra point, um, Vegas would have broke even on that. But four missed PATs. I mean, is there a controversy here? Is he? Did he bet on the under, or what the fuck happened there? Well, kind of backtracking, I was definitely one of those fucking people that kind of hammered the under. Like I loved the under like the entire time. Didn't quite think it'd be like you know the. 31 14 type of game but more of like the 2014 you know however but i i was i was happy to obviously to see that near the end um clearly i'm not going to be one of those idiots that puts a a million dollar bet to win 10 grand on something but uh, i did uh i did kind of sniff breaking even last weekend with uh the under it was my my favorite play but uh 
when you, when you look at Dallas, it's kind of funny. Like they, you know, they come out, everyone's talking, uh, coaches. I think, uh, Fossil is the, uh, special teams coach over there in Dallas. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, they're, their media presentations. Hey, this is our guy. He'll be all right. We'll fucking shake it off. He's our guy. Next morning, fucking Dallas just went out and signed new kickers. Like it's miss one fucking kick. It's gonna it's gonna make things uh, very like interesting. It's what's what's weird is he's been a really good fucking kicker all year. But you know, five extra points in a row. It's uh, it's 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 actually very reminiscent of uh, of uh, Tampa kickers for the last half decade. But I, I kind of want to. Um, other than like the mental aspect, that field was obviously in pretty shitty condition. So maybe he just lost his footing and fucked with his brain. But nonetheless, kick, fuck kickers. I hate kicker bitches. I'll never like kicker bitches. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no room in the game for those guys. Get them out. All, all my homies hate kickers. All my homies hate kickers. <laughs> Derek, you've been so quiet. And sen- all right, so just a little bit of context for our listeners. Um, I'm traveling this week, so I'm in a really shitty hotel with shitty Wi-Fi. So if it's if our if our if our feed sounds a little different tonight, it's because it is different. I'm recording from a fucking bunker in Tucson, uh, and I can't. So we had to deactivate our, our cameras because my internet connection is so fucking bad where I am. Uh, Derek hasn't said a word in a while, and I think he's just ripping it over there. I, I, I heard his <laughs> I, I heard his mic get muted a little bit ago. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we heard a little porn hub in the background about halfway mm. through when he forgets to when he forgets to mute his mic. But mistakes uh, being made. I, uh, I'll be uh, listening, watching that Antonio Brown video. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, dude, Antonio Brown can't be stopped. Like no, no <laughs> not, not way, any mere mortal. No, and whatever happened to him getting arrested? That just that just go away. Like what? What was that? He, pretty, he was pretty much. get arrested for assault. I mean, as far as I knew, he was still like barricaded in his house or not if he was there or not like that's the last i heard of it yeah Derek, no what happened with this snapchat thing um i mean from what i saw i didn't i didn't i haven't heard too much of it but apparently he was uh snapchatting himself in the act with a with a i don't know who the person the, the woman was um i did see one video one clip that was recommended for me on my Twitter page thanks Elon, <laughs> and the, 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 the algorithm but it was just like her face, like you couldn't see anything else. It was just her face, and, and the headboard was rattling. And uh, she seemed to be enjoying it, but was just like staring down the camera. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't understand the point of this. I mean, if if, you, if you're not gonna use Snapchat to film yourself banging, like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so no anaconda, no AB anaconda appearances in the video. It's just, it's just her face. Not the video that I saw. Twitter, uh, if that video exists, Twitter didn't think I needed to see it yet. So <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Elon Daddy will have it for me tomorrow. Well, Twitter talking, talking to your phone, and and it'll come up. Yeah, for sure, it'll pop up immediately now. <laughs> Twitter's get, just got straight up porn. So I mean, so does Reddit. It's amazing how you know what's hilarious is you see all these like uh, you know Republican Congress people and they're like oh man you gotta get the porn off Twitter there's so much like underage porn on Twitter I'm like what are you searching that you're seeing this I've been on Twitter for (laughs) for eight years I've never seen it and now in the last like two weeks there's like nothing but porn on my fucking feed I'm like what is going on (laughs) like I don't know if I ended up like in the algorithm part where like you know conservatives hang out but all of a sudden porn everywhere well did you start following Matt Gates? Uh, no, but I did follow Matt Gertz. 
I don't even know who that is, but I there's I'm just there's assuming... some poor there's some poor guy who uh, unfortunately his name is Matthew Gertz, and people just hate at him all the time. He's like, it's not me, I promise. I'm the wrong. You got the wrong guy. He's like <laughs> you, actually you gotta, gained like a little bit of like it. popularity notoriety off of it. You, you got to change your handle to like not Matt Gates or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By the way, a great, absolutely tremendous Twitter follow. Um, is uh, Nick Adams, uh, parentheses <laughs> alpha male. Yeah. Holy shit. Like, it, it took me a little bit. You know, we're a satire page. And this guy, his whole thing is not completely satire. I think that he was truly just a ridiculous human being who was starting to get reactions, and he realized that his most ridiculous posts were getting the most reactions, that he just went from, like, ridiculous kind of conservative guy to, like, full-blown satire personality. Mm-hmm. And his his Twitter page is unironically hilarious. I mean, I'm I, embarrassed no, I, I, to say how long it took me to figure out that it was satire. It wasn't until same. like this. It wasn't until like this week that I was like, okay, like this is clear. Like I can't remember the tweet that did it, but it was literally this week, and I was like, okay, I think I get it now. Well, I, but for I, a while, I, I did. I mean, I just bumped into him randomly in the internet, you know, universe, and it, it was just it's just so believable. And you see, you know, hundred people say the same shit all the time, where it's like, oh, this guy's just a douche. No, I I can actually tell you the exact. Uh, the Isn't exact he like a congressman or something, or was? No, I th- I think he's just a um I think he's just like a like a personality guy that goes on like Fox News or whatever. But it doesn't matter. We don't have to get into the politics of it or anything like that. But the exact <sighs> tweet that you are thinking of, which is definitely the one that um, which is definitely the one that hits hits you because he does it all the time. As he always says. Pro tip: Anyone who feels the need to tell you that he's an alpha male is not an alpha male, and his his Twitter his Twitter username is literally Nick Adams parentheses alpha male. I think that's the one that did it. Yeah, oh, yeah for yeah. sure. I was like, oh, okay, I get this now. But before yeah, that, I was just like, oh, this guy, is this guy just well, a douche? Like, I get it. no, because it, it used to be a little bit more tongue in cheek, and now it's just kind of out there. Yeah. But uh, anyways, <laughs> coming back from from Twitter, uh, Byron Leftwich gets fired today. Um, the Bucks are a mess. I mean, they're, they're in full re- rebuild mode at this point. Um, Todd Bowles not getting fired. Horrible mistake. What's going on with that? I think it's weird that they <laughs> pinned on on Byron um, and and not you know Todd Bowles. Uh, it's it's strange that a guy went from like being a head coach candidate, um, by all accounts, turned down the Jags the Jaguars, and now is not good enough to be an offensive coordinator. Um, granted, I mean, I, obviously they have some problems. But if they get to a situation where they're 0 for 41 on third and 11 or longer, uh, there's some bigger issues than just the coordinator. Oh, I don't, I don't disagree that there's bigger issues than the coordinator, but I think that the coordinator has a lot to say with what's wrong with the offense. And I think the offense was the majority of what was wrong with the team this year. The defense actually didn't play well, play poorly um, throughout most of the course of most of the season. Um, they would give up some some late stuff. But I feel like you could pin some of that on the offense, not converting, not picking up first downs, et cetera. Um, lack of pre-stat motion. His explanations for and rationales for why they didn't run play action, such as, oh, well, you know, you have to establish the run before you can run play action, which has statistically been proven to be false. Um, so lack of awareness there. And, you know, the offense obviously did not work well. So, um I just it doesn't seem like a, a team that like from the top down like cares about analytics. They almost like make fun of it and like say, "Oh, we have our analytics." And it's like, "Okay, but then you obviously don't or your stats guys are just terrible." 
uh, if you do have data guys, like they're just not good. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's nice. After 19 weeks, we finally see a uh, Tampa Bay head coach being accountable. And unfortunately, it was just one throwing another, another under the bus. But at least somebody took some accountability in that uh, organization for the first time all year. Yeah, the wrong, yeah. The wrong coach. Uh, the wrong I mean, coach. I mean, look, look, we've already. Well, it, could have been, it could have been both, but not just Byron. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I've said a few times, but like Todd Bowles is a fucking really good defensive coordinator. Like, and he sh- probably just shouldn't be handling both duties, man. It's we can. I can go in circles and circles with like how many coaches, i.e., Dan fucking Quinn, who are just sometimes you're you're allowed to be just a really good fucking defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. Any, it's there's worse jobs in the world than being really good at, at being you know a coordinator on either side of the ball. And I, I remember I was watching the game so fucking confused, and no, everyone likes to talk about like uh, uh, head coaches kind of uh, time management, right? Uh, Oh, they should have called the timeout. They should have did this, but no one's talking about Todd Bowles not calling goddamn timeout right before the uh, Cowboys had a touchdown right before half. So long ass long drive. Like team was clearly gassed. Guy goes out of the bounds, and they're just taking. They're just going out there. Easy timeout. The clock's not running, and then they score a touchdown on the next play to Schultz. Like easy things that are just missed, but like just put balls yeah. back to the defensive coordinator. Man, it's like he's he's really good. He's a fantastic coordinator, but we, we've seen. Uh, on multiple stints with how he is as head coach and you know, just stick what you're good at. I'm not going to absolve Todd Bowles um, for, you know, his part in all of it, but from the perspective of Jason light and the rest of the organization, uh, you allowed, you know, essentially Bruce Arians to pick his successor in Todd Bowles. So if to turn around and then fire him after one year, I mean, Jason light, this would, if he was to make another head coaching hire, that would be his fifth head coaching hire which I think would be a record for GMs in terms of hiring head coaches. Uh, you've got to hold yourself accountable for a lot of the mistakes that you've made at some point here. So to me, I think that they're just like, okay, we'll, we'll scapegoat it with Byron Leftwich. We'll bring in a new offense coordinator. Obviously, we'll see what happens with Brady or whoever else uh, is our quarterback next year. There's a lot of work to be done in terms of the salary cap. They're like $40 million over the, over the cap for next year already. So you're going to have to see a lot of players get cut, particularly Donovan Smith, who's going to save them at least $10 million. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a team that's, that's probably not going anywhere anytime soon uh, if they don't get all of that corrected. So I wouldn't expect Todd Bowles to be the head coach much longer if the Bucks are not successful next year. And Noom, do you, do you really believe they're like, hey, Bruce, you, we, you can't let you coach anymore. You are going to have to resign or we're going to fire you. But you get to pick your successor. Zero fucking percent chance. Like that was uh, that was already implemented even pre Bruce. So you don't even don't act I mean, like no, they gave this, this them a cool option. This isn't an organization that makes rash decisions or you know, <laughs> things off, off the cuff. I mean, it's not like they put a coach in the Ring of Honor who was only coaching there two seasons or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and and my favorite part about the Bucks is I think that they intentionally surround themselves with really uh, cringy and kind of off putting beat writers like they got this guy uh what's his name greg Amon. is that, mm-hmm. is that how you pronounce that um greg Amon and, and jenna wayne they're the ones that got busted for you know kind of raking bernard uh, uh Giovanni Giovanni bernard. Bernard over the coals uh and they're they, they're just constantly getting flack for the way that they do things so i think they almost intentionally surround themselves with really like cringy beat writers so that they can avoid accountability like kind of yeah. what derek was saying they're like oh they're attacking us all the time so it's not yep. us yep and honestly everything that they were saying to giovanni bernard was completely fair they just said it like fucking douchebags <laughs> so 
Um, yeah, the Bucks organization is, uh, you know, I'm just glad I'm not a season ticket holder. You know what I'm saying, Marcus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're in for some we're in for some we're we're in for a rough ride, but uh, it's 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 been smooth sailing up to this point. But uh, let's move on from the Bucks. Um, I want to talk about this Ravens Bengals game. Uh, a game that should have, by all rights, been a fucking just ass kicking, uh, but it wasn't. In fact, the Bengals barely won this game, um, and they won it with a little bit of luck. Uh, is this worrisome, or is this just classic John Harbaugh stepping up to the moment and fucking just coaching his guys up to it? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, obviously, the losses on the offensive line for the the Bengals have to be concerning for you, especially you see Jonah Williams go down with what they're calling is a, a, a kneecap dislocation, which is an extremely painful injury. Um been potential, there. potential that he could come back for him it next week. We'll see, but I doubt it. Um, and on it, honestly, I wouldn't really trust him uh, if that was the case. But, you know, they're down like three of their starting offensive linemen. Um, their offense still looked okay at times, uh, especially when they're throwing the ball to Jamar Chase because he's a freak. Um, but the Ravens, one, they played them the week before, so they know a lot of their formations and all the other stuff. They know the team well, and their defense is pretty good and and well-coached. So you're not going to get a lot of mistakes out of the Ravens' defense, and they're going to make it hard. Uh, They, you know, they definitely hit pretty hard, um, which they always say, like, if you leave, come out of a a Ravens game, you're going to be pretty banged up and bruised up. So that's not great for the Bills going forward. But offensively, they kind of stalled at times. So their defense bails them out, obviously, with the great play by Logan Wilson to strip the ball or slap it away when Tyler Huntley made a foolish uh, decision to try to reach over the goal line. And then Sam Hubbard absolutely houses the ball. Uh, so big man can run, former lacrosse player. Yeah, I always love a good big guy touchdown. And I, I think um, this this could kind of be a one-off. This could be something that's unique to that matchup. Uh, anytime, you, you know, a divisional opponent, you get a, the, the better defense in – Seeing a team for the third time, um, it's going to stymie things up a little bit. Uh, but I do think the Bengals' margin for error is extremely small, given the state of that offensive line. Mm-hmm. Like, if Joe and Burrow con- isn't superhuman, I don't think they win against the Chiefs or the Bills. Right. And I am concerned with their the way that the Ravens just ran the ball on them. Um, I don't know that they're going to the, the Bengals are going to run into a team that's going to be able to do that until maybe the 49ers and, or Eagles in the Super Bowl if they were to get there. But um, the Ravens definitely were just getting what they wanted on the in the run game there. Mm. Guys, I'm, guys I'm, I'm actually, like, super, super fucking torn on this. Like, you have to believe that, like, obviously as coaches, you're in the NFL, you're not overlooking teams. But there's no way that the Bengals weren't already kind of, like, looking, A, looking past the Ravens. But is this – I, I just have to ask because you know that I like talking shit on quarterbacks that are highly overrated. They're going to get that bag. Is is this just like enough of an example? They're like maybe Baltimore could build around Tyler Huntley and you know get some capital back for Lamar and not spend fifty million dollars. They they've already obviously gave him um, a re- very reasonable fucking contract that he shot down. He should fire his agent. Um, but is if you're Baltimore, you you have to be seriously considering running with Tyler Huntley going forward. I think I need to step up and take accountability uh, here myself. I've let this go on for, for too long. 
No one's building around Tyra Huntley. You can think Lamar's overrated and not worth the salary he's going to get from somebody. That's awesome. I, I, okay. You think the Ravens should build around him? Even better. Like I can, I can, I can at least like entertain that. But nobody should build a football team around Tyre Huntley. No, well, well, no, I, I, I agree I'm completely. A, he's a I'm, bad player. He's I'm, he had a 76 quarterback rating in I'm, the regular season. I'm not. I'm not even like remotely close to saying like he's the future. But he's he's <laughs> he's shown enough in the last what season and a half that he can be comparable with. You know, you can say the skill set, the coaches. He, he can be comparable statistically to what what Lamar has produced in the last. No, year. he cannot. He's not even close statistically, dude. He doesn't give you almost any of what Lamar what, gives. Let me, you. let me, let me interpret outside, outside of the run game. What? Let me. That's gonna, a big part I'm, of what they do. No, listen, listen, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna interpret from Marcus minus the Yinzer spin. So this is what Marcus is trying to say, and I, I get his point. The Ravens don't need a quarterback. They now saying that saying that they can build around Tyler Huntley like it, no I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not saying that at all the, the yes, Ravens no. the Ravens don't the Ravens have never the the Ravens formula is that they don't necessarily they they can almost win close games like this with Tyler Huntley so I think what he's saying is Lamar Jackson with, with the risk that he poses and the depreciating asset that he is you know I kind of get the Ravens moving on without Lamar Jackson but I you know I. Tyler Huntley, I don't think is the answer, but maybe go out and get some draft pick. Yeah, a bridge, a bridge or, guy. Keep or like picks, get a young quarterback. Derek Carr, dude. Derek Carr, you, you're telling me the Ravens could win with Derek Carr. The Ravens, Jimmy, could Jimmy Garoppolo. Win. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, there, there's a lot of options. So I, I get what you're saying, especially if Lamar Jackson's truly looking for like 45, you know, million dollars a year or whatever he is. Um, I totally get that. No, that's um, that's I why I said I like if you want to say Lamar's not worth the contract, okay. But stop the yeah. Tyler Huntley stuff. Yes, <laughs> like, I please. Do it. I can't. Tyler Huntley's so bad. His, his his regular season numbers are just trash. He's he's not a good player. But he, he's a fine backup. They almost won need, with him. Yeah, he's a fine backup that you can win a game with. Well, he's a great yeah. backup for Lamar. It's almost like wherever Lamar goes, he needs to go like be a part of that deal. It's like okay, we, I get I get forty five, and Tyler gets you know five to back me up. Can <laughs> we talk, dude? J.K. Dobbins. I knew you know. All, all I know of J.K. Dobbins is from Micah Parsons' highlight reel, where he's just annihilating J.K. Dobbins on every single play he played at at Penn State. Like, like go look at uh, Micah Parsons' college highlight reel. Half of his best players are just annihilating J.K. Dobbins. Um, but he has rapidly become one of the most annoying fucking players in the entire NFL. And I don't even know when this happened. It really, the first time I even saw it happen was when he tore his ACL and he was coming back and people were doubting that he was ready because by the way, he wasn't ready. (laughs) So all the information that people got on him was completely accurate. And he went on Twitter and just started bitching like, oh, you know, people talking trash and all this. Yeah, no, as it turns out, everyone was exactly right. And now J.K. Dobbins kind of throwing Tyler Huntley a little bit under the bus after this game. Uh, he's a little bitch, isn't he? Is he not? Am I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was trying to like fact check and like like clown Schefter for like just reporting what medical professionals told him. And then guess what? Schefter's timeline was exactly right. It's accurate. And honestly, Schefter's not normally all that accurate. This is a rare win for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, J.K. Dobbins, as it turns out, big bitch, huge bitch. Um, but, uh, so yeah, Lamar Jackson's gone though, right guys? He's gone. 
I think so. And and he's already like on social media, like talking about like, you know, you should appreciate what you have and all that stuff. Like, I, I don't know. I think it's got, it's gotta be done. Um, does somebody make the mistake and overpay him? Probably, hopefully for their sake on a short term deal. Um, but I just don't see it working in Baltimore. And I'll tell you what's not good for as much as like the result of the Ravens season selfishly was good for Lamar and saying, Oh wow. You know, maybe they need a little bit more. I think Brock Purdy's terrible for quarterbacks everywhere. Yes. <laughs> I think the fact that like, Oh man, cause it, you know, it's all about trends and, and everybody wants to be the next genius. I think the fact that a really well-built sound team is being successful with a guy that literally nobody wanted in the draft. It's not I mean, going to do well for, for the high-end quarterbacks. If anyone actually believes that as an you know NFL executive, they're fooling themselves because that is very much so Kyle Shanahan's doing. Like, he, nobody makes, oh, yeah, but, nobody everybody, makes, but every guy thinks he's the smartest guy in the room in the NFL. We're talking about fucking massive egos everywhere. Yeah, I mean, if you're an NFL GM, you have a huge ego and you're like, oh, I could do that, too. Well, I mean, let's be honest. There's and this is another thing I'll be touching on later. You have so much like media influence and everyone influence on, like you said, I'm the smartest guy in the room that everyone hypes up guys like Malik Willis to be fucking first round picks. And guys are like, who's going to get drafted next year? Anthony Richardson, shitty quarterback. I'm so tired of quarterbacks they, flying up after games have been played. And, for, and for doing nothing. Because remember, Brock Purdy was a, another guy, but everyone wants to kind of like these guys. They're trying to find the next coach who's the next big thing. And they're clearly making some mistakes here and there. It's just there's just so many influences outside of the game itself that kind of like oh, it's, it's kind of like my golf game. You start overthinking things. Uh, and then you're like, all right, I'll, I'll play for the slice, and you fucking pull it off, pull it off someone's house, and then you have to pretend it's not your ball when you fucking shatter their window. Hey, <laughs> if we're gonna do analogies on this show, they're gonna be calling cowherd analogies, and they're gonna be about high school. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I, I love the analogy. Um, yeah, I dude, totally agree. He, he he's gone. Probably with the Bucks. Probably with the Falcons. I actually hope with the Bucks uh, for yeah. the sake of our season tickets because uh, like him or love him, I think Lamar Jackson is going to be what he what he has been his whole career for the rest of his career. Just a sensational guy in September and October. Fizzles out towards the end of the year and then doesn't do anything in the playoffs. But you know what, Marcus? If we can just sell our tickets every year by April, we'll be good. Yeah, that's why we list them early. And honestly, it's it, honestly it, I already I already see this whole fucking thing playing out. It's going to be the it's going it's not going to be as drastic as this Kyler Murray shit, but it's going to be very comparable. Get him the bag, get him the bag, get him the bag, and then he fucking butt fucks everybody. And they're like, well, you shouldn't have gave him the bag. You should have known better. And that's just <laughs> that, that's literally that's literally how that happened, and that's what's going to happen. Like, well, he's a mobile quarterback, and you guys should have known that the, their injuries were a risk before you gave him the bag. Are you right, saying that right, Lamar right. Jackson is going to be the Kyler Murray of of Russell Wilson's? <laughs> I, yes. I, yes. I, 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 I think so. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I don't I don't disagree. I just it's to you know, to the, the point that everyone's made, it's it's, it's a long season and his style of play is just what are the odds that he's gonna be healthy enough in the playoffs? Very slim. Very slim. Yeah. Um Better right. have a good backup. Better have Mo- a good backup. Moving on from the Ravens and Bengals game. Uh, also, this is, you know, the Giants and Vikings played also. All right. So let's move on to the Dolphins and Bills. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I almost got away with that one. Um, 
Yeah, so the Giants and Vikings played. Um, anyways, the Dolphins and Bills. Um, <laughs> so the the Vikings, uh, tell us how you feel, Vikings fan. I mean, you guys were on the pod last week. You heard what I was talking about. Um, I haven't wavered from this team. I After the first week, I was like, holy shit, the Vikings are for real. After the second week, I was like, holy shit, the Vikings suck ass. After we lost just in epic fashion to the Eagles. So um, ever since that Eagles loss, me, by the way, a Vikings fan. And hey, and hey Cowboys fans, if you're still listening. Um, again, this is a Vikings fan bashing the Vikings. I know that's crazy. Um, but since the second week, I've known that this team has been a pretender. Uh, I'm a huge subscriber to DVOA. And DVOA is accurate. Um, this team flew by the seat of their pants by 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 this by the uh, grace of great coaching uh but it's not a good team and it's i would say it's the worst defense in the nfl like straight up i I would take houston's defense um i would take any other defense in the nfl uh skill wise talent wise like this is just a a defense of aging nobodies um and it's a defense led by a complete fucking idiot and his name is ed donatel who is still it's 8.54 p.m. on Wednesday, uh, and Ed Donatel is still the defensive coordinator for the for the Vikings. So, um, I mean, I might not even be a Vikings fan next year. I don't know. <laughs> um, might be ending that long misery. But, yeah, I mean, Danny Dimes looked like fucking vintage Michael Vick, um, and he's not. He's not that. He's not as good as he's been in the two games that he's played against the Vikings. The Vi- Oh, by the way, yeah, and Isaiah Hodgins, or as I call him, Isaiah Hodgetron um, <laughs> against the Vikings. Uh, if you don't know who Isaiah Hodgins is, join the club. He's he's an absolute <laughs> nobody when he plays anybody but the Vikings. But he torched us. And every time Isaiah Hodgins caught the ball, you know what I saw, Newman? When we watched this game together, there wasn't a defender within 10 yards. <laughs> every fucking time. And Ed Donatello's defense is just this blanket zone coverage. Soft zone. Soft Very zone. Soft. soft zone. Doesn't doesn't press receivers. It's pathetic. And, yeah. and 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 every time they cut over to Ed Donatello and I gotta look at his stupid face. Like it, I can't do another season of this. I will. I'll watch every game, every minute of every game next year. You but I don't want to. He said he will. I will. I will watch I mean, every if you look at this game, game obviously, he, never he hit all the, the, all the numbers. Danny but, Dimes, you know, was ridiculous. He had 24 for 35, 301, two titties, 17 for 78 on the ground. Um, anytime they played anything that resembled man coverage, he was just taking off, um, eating the zone alive. Um Isaiah Hodgins was actually released, was on waivers uh, beginning in November, and now he's tearing up the Vikings' defense in the playoffs. Like you said, they are very old. Patrick Peterson uh, being one of the old gents on there, and then they got you know guys like Harrison Smith, who's not necessarily aging well at this point. <coughs> There's a couple good defensive linemen, whoa, 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 whoa. but hold, that's it. Hold on one second on Harrison Smith. It's not fair to say he's not aging well. He's thir- he's a he's a full blown man at thirty three years old. Like that that that's typically about when safeties start to fall off. Yeah. Would, would you agree? I mean, he's, he's thirty three years old. He'll be thirty four going into next year. I mean, he's old. He's straight up old. Okay, so yeah, so I guess he's old. Um, and you know that that team definitely needs to invest in the defense. The offense looks okay. Um, but the thing that is troubling is that. 
you know, people have talked about Kirk Cousins as being, you know, a perfect fit for the Shanahan scheme, which, you know, uh, O'Connell runs a, uh, an off, an offshoot of that Shanahan scheme. And, you know, he, he finally had Kirk Cousins. You have one of the best players in the, in the league in Justin Jefferson, who barely touches the ball. They don't find creative ways to get it to him. They don't force it to him. Um, they don't really take advantage of any of their other mismatches outside of TJ Hawkinson that they have uh, in this game against the Giants. And then with the game absolutely on the line, fourth and eight, Kirk Cousins, does he throw the ball to the sticks to try to pick up the first down? No. He says, oh, I'll take my little completion for three yards, and then we will fold up and lose the game. I don't know. That's that's basically what everyone expected Kirk Cousins to do, and he delivered. Hmm. It's 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 Marcus. You, you got come you on, Marcus. Play. You're you, the you Kirk got, Cousins defender, baby. I am. I am a Kirk. I mean, obviously, like there's there's no no matter what, there's no excuse to have a checkdown. Uh, there's there's no way to defend like that last play. Like even in the like you literally have to be getting sacked, and someone has to tip it, and offensive lineman has to catch it for and for you. That's the only excuse possibly you could have to throw it short of the sticks. Um, outside of that, he's actually he's pretty sound. Uh, Giants just had a good fucking game plan, man. I'm, he's sound. He just can't win football games when the game's on the line. Um, yeah, maybe not yesterday or whatever fucking day. I'm, I'm all backed up, but yeah, maybe not. He just can't pay him. He can't pay him fifty million dollars if you start paying all those any of those guys, any of those quarterbacks that fifty million dollars, forty plus, they got to go win games when it has to. But you know, he did enough during the season. Um, but you know, like I said, there's just, there's just plenty of other fucking holes, uh, you know, throughout that roster. And, and obviously you can't, it, they just started getting hurt at the wrong time. You, you lose two starters on the offensive line right before playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's, that's insanely difficult. P- people like undervalue how insanely difficult that is to, to bounce back from, you know, those, those are big pieces. Yeah. I mean, this is, going forward, though, what do we think of this team? Because I think that this is a team that needs to obviously address a lot of areas of need. Um, I think Neil Hunter's a free agent after this season. And then you're, you, you're old on defense. Your offensive line has issues. Your wide receiving core is Justin Jefferson. And, you know, so there's there's a lot lot to do. Drew, are you what, – what are your thoughts moving forward for this Vikings team? Oh, I think you got to um... – Play it one more year as if you have a shot uh, in the Kirk Cousins window. So mm-hmm. I think what they do is is they let a lot of the uh, pieces on defense that are going to be <clears throat> contracting out, like they let them go, and they try and replace them through free agency. Um, they also have a lot of defenders, including our first two picks of last draft. Lewis Seen's leg fell off yeah. um, in London. I mean, his leg split in two. He should be back next year. I mean, he was a hell of hell of a defender for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, <clears throat> obviously, a lot of what a lot of guys had projected as a top twenty pick, um, our Clemson quarterback, uh, our cornerback, he got hurt. So, like, pretty much our first two picks didn't even play all year. Um, if they can come back and be and be good next year, I mean, there's some pieces on the defense. But yeah, I mean, this this is a team that is is in very close to rebuild mode. But Kirk Cousins still has one more year in his contract. And I don't care what anyone says. Kirk Cousins, that final play was horrible. Kirk Cousins played an awesome game. He took so many fucking hits and delivered so many balls. Despite the fact that his... All day. Getting harassed and his offensive line was just not 
blocking for him. I mean, he was just getting split in the face. Uh, and I know that they had a, a bullshit roughing the passer call on him, but geez, there should have been four others yeah. that weren't called. So I, 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 I don't, when people cry about that often, that pass interference call, I'm like, Jesus, this should have been called. This should have been called. But Kirk Cousins played a hell of a game, and people don't want to boil it down to that last play. You guys know me. Nobody hates Kirk Cousins more than me. Um, nobody hates Kirk Cousins more than me. But it was not Kirk Cousins' fault. This is this is uh, all on the defense. And I think if they if they go out, invest heavily in the draft on, on defense, and then go out in free agency and grab grab a couple pieces, I still think with this coaching and our, by the way, our offensive line is is signed and, and good for a while. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need to plug in a few guards, and I think this is a team that could probably still win eleven or twelve games again next year. Um, but after that, it's full rebuild mode because that defense is just—it's done. And also so. get fucking rid of Jalen Rigger. <clears throat> yes. Oh my <laughs> god, dude. Jesus Christ! Almost muffed the punt. That guy. Try, that that. I I have some serious doubts about the Bucks or the Vikings GM at this point. All right, so um, we'll continue to work our way backwards through the weekend. The game right before the Vikings game <laughs> that start, you know, didn't even finish before the Vikings game started, I guess. Um, the Dolphins at the Bills, uh, this was projected to be the biggest blowout of the weekend, I believe. Yep. And it turned out to be one of the better games. It's a fucking awesome game. Yeah. Uh, awesome so, game. So Skylar Thompson, uh, third-string quarterback, you know, seventh-round draft pick out of Kansas State, basically keeps it close. Like Mike McDaniel does a hell of a job in order to, you know, keep them in this game, scheme up the plays uh, and take advantage of the Dolph, uh, the bills, you know, defensive miscues as well as Josh Allen, just turning the ball over for no reason. Um, and, and they make it a really close game. Do you think that they win this game with Tua? Yes, definitely. No yeah. doubt about it. Skyward Thompson was horrible. <laughs> He was 18 for 45, folks. Mm-hmm. He was horrendous. And this this team was still in it. Um, Mike McDaniels is a fucking fantastic coach. I think they win this game all day with Tua. How do I know that? Because they won a game in the regular season where Tua had like seven concussions. Remember? <laughs> the the, oh, first, yeah, the first game, Tua was in and out of the game all, all fucking day. It was the game that like everyone was staring down like, why the fuck is Tua back? You know, like he went off in concussion protocol after just getting railed, and he comes back and wins the game. Um, and just like we were talking about with the Ravens, you know, moving on with Tyler Huntley, I think I think Mike McDaniel's is the same guy. He can take anybody and be really, really good. Teddy Bridgewater might even win this game. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think they win this game with Tua 100%. I'm, the, the Bills are have clearly been like – so exposed on defense, like a lot of places that they are lacking. Obviously, uh, Josh Allen, you can't fucking do have some of those turnovers. Like you're going to learn really fucking quick, uh, you know, about ball security. And, you know, he's kind of having some flashes, still fucking fantastic and can tear up any anybody on any day. But missing Micah Hyde is – uh, obviously, between Vaughn Miller uh, and Michael Hyde, that's just two massive pieces that are like hard to replace, and it kind of just goes back to tell you, like, yeah, you have to stay healthy. Like a lot more, like more often than not, the teams that find a way to win the Super Bowl are the teams that get hot and stay healthy. Uh, and there's you, that's just two two massive pieces that uh, you just can't, you really just cannot replace. And I, obviously, we talked about how. 
it was a terrible contract for Buffalo to you know spend that type of money on Von Miller because he legitimately could have played his last uh, last down in Buffalo, and that's going to hurt. Derek, wh- where are you at with Josh Allen? Uh, I'm I'm in the middle of taking a victory lap right now because I feel a little vindicated. I think he's an, an, an incredible talent. Uh, I think the UCLs bother him a little bit more than they let on. Uh, I think they keep him a little closer to, 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 to the vest. Mm-hmm. He probably gets some kind of work on out this offseason. Uh, you know, let's be fair and be honest there. But I think a lot of his decision making, he's like reverting back to rookie year Josh Allen and the guy that gets a little skittish and, and throws the ball when he shouldn't. And <sighs> I've called it out a few times. I'm going to stick with it. I, I just don't think he yet has that like, kind of clutch coolness to him yet. Um, I don't know if that's something you can learn or if that's something you just have, but he just makes mistakes when, when you can't make mistakes in the playoffs. Now, the roster top to bottom it was just that much better than Miami that he got away with it, but that window, that margin for error is so small, and I just think that like you can't do this against, against Kansas City. Can't what about the Bengals? Well, that's Bengals. I think their their margin is weird too because of of how bad the offensive line is banged up. So that's kind of the question I wanted to pose right back to all you guys. Is there any fucking chance that, like, obviously we know the 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 injuries that are piled up with you know Baltimore, Miami, respectively? Is there is there really like any possibility like everyone's kind of like assuming they could just handle fucking business and kind of looking forward to this game, which I don't even know where they're playing it. Hopefully in Pittsburgh, Atlanta. Oh yeah, that's cool. Anyone want to go to Atlanta and watch the game? But uh, is there any chance that like they could like the players were kind of like this is going to be a cakewalk for us and let's get ready for you know the divisional round? Yeah, I, I definitely think that. Um, yeah, it's a, lot, a lot of looking past teams happened this week and it, and it made for great football. But I also think like what Derek was saying with Josh Allen, um, I think that we're starting to see the Dable effect take hold in Buffalo mm-hmm. every day that Dable has not been the coach of uh, Josh Allen. He's gotten a little bit worse, a little bit more reckless with the football and, and Daniel Jones conversely is becoming more like Josh Allen every game. Right. Um, so I, I think that's interesting. And, and, you know, like, like what Derek was saying, you know, the cool calming presence. I think part of that is what a jolly fat man Brian Dable is. Mm-hmm. Um, How can you imagine, not look at that fatty on the sideline and smile? Dude, exa- exactly. <laughs> like, imagine being so stressed out. You're playing Miami, a team you're supposed to blow up by double digits. Um, by the way, uh, a team has never lost that's been favored by du- double di- digits in the wild card round. 49 no. Um, and 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 you're 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 on the prefaces losing the Dolphins, and you are just all flustered, and you're like, what's going on, Josh? What's going on, Josh? And you look over to the sidelines and you see the jolliest fat man ever just looking confidently back at you. I think that there's a certain calming presence in how just – if you can look at Brian Dable and not just smile a little bit, especially – have you seen him like jump up and down and get excited? There's something to fat guys and, and the energy that they bring to the table and kind of the calming presence. Like you look over at Brian Dable and you think, you know what? I think everything, everything's going to be all right. So Dude. what's Matt Patricia's problem? He, Matt Patricia's not a jolly fat man. He's like an angry, like, ask you for change at a gas station type of fat guy, you know? And you're like, oh, hey, this guy's eating well. I'm not going to give this guy any change. Um, <laughs> who, who do you think would have a better, like, uh, uh, who, who do you think would have a better, like, post-Super Bowl parade 
uh, kind of like stage interview. Bruce Arians, after he won his first as a head coach, or would it be Brian Dable? Could you imagine jolly old Dable out there with sunburn like that? Just oh getting my God. fucking blasted out there talking shit. Well, it's an easy answer for me because I hate, I hate Arians, but I'll let everyone else answer. I was just getting ready to say, like, is it a hot take? Am I the only one who doesn't like Bruce Arians? I don't like anything about his shtick. Nope. I, I kind of like him. I love Bruce. Yeah, he's just a he's kind of a curmudgeon fat guy. See, there's there's two different degrees of fat guys. There's you know, um, uh, these colors don't run in the back of your Chevy Silverado fat guys, and then there's guys that you know they're always wearing Hawaiian shirts. The Andy Reid, the oh. Brian Dable. Brian Dable does he not have an Andy Reid type of jolliness to him? He does. I was thinking I, I, I was going to bring up Andy Reid at some point. If you didn't, I'm very yeah, exactly. Glad you did. And you can't you can't tell me that some of Patrick Mahomes' poise isn't directly related to how beautifully fat and jolly Andy Reid is. Like, I think I think we're through the looking glass here, people. I think we're, I think we've broken through. I think we've I think we've uncovered something. I think the future of the NFL coaching is jolly fat guys. It really should be. I hope so. I'm ready for the next. You tell me, Mike McDaniel's. You tell me, Mike McDaniel's wouldn't be a way better coach if he packed on like 200 pounds. Do we think that maybe, maybe? Okay, okay. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep going this thread. I'm gonna pull it and see where it goes. Uh, do we think that's the resurgence of Mike McCarthy? He got away from from Aaron Rodgers, and now he's a happy fat guy. He he doesn't look very happy on the sideline. Yeah, he, he does. Mike McCarthy. I think he wants to be happy. But he just knows that everyone's thinking about him. Self-conscious. Whereas I think Mike Holmgren was a was a fat guy that was that was pretty jolly looking. Mm, I don't know. I've I've seen enough uh, NFL films clips of him cussing out Brett Favre. <laughs> well, yeah, but come on, That's everyone has to cuss out Brett Favre. I think I think Holmgren might be like a daywalker fat guy. He 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 walks the line of both jolly and angry fat guy. Oh. He, that, he, that could be he, fair. He could be jolly, and he could be angry, and maybe there's something to that. I mean, he's one of the most successful coaches in NFL history, so um, maybe you need part Davil and part part uh, Arians. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I really think we, we we've uncovered something huge here. With with uh, the NFL needs to hire more fat coaches. I think uh, right. part of well, the, the that- coach resume is going forward. When we talk about coaches in consideration, I think we need uh, some bio. I think we need height and weight. Yep. Well, so Absolutely. so so running with that, um, <laughs> let's let's head back towards Saturday night where we had Doug Peterson who's packing on some poundage oh, yes. versus, versus versus the not not very fat at all uh, Brandon Staley. Um, no, but he's he's right. Peterson is getting heftier. Okay, and uh, he is that double maybe, chin. Maybe is much that's bigger why. Maybe he's maybe he'd already tapped into the. So do we think, I need to be fat? Do we think to be with a single chin that that comeback doesn't happen? I, so, so just Google, just Google Doug Peterson Eagles, and then Doug Peterson Jacksonville, and tell me what you see. He used to look kind of like uh, John Ham a little bit. He, okay. he looked like an older John Ham for the Eagles, and now he looks like just a ham. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, dude, this game, best game of the weekend, was it not? This game was fucking awesome, folks. And I know a lot of people stopped watching it. I watched every single second of this, and I don't even know why. Oh, I'm ex- I, guess I, I, was, I'm, I was drinking a lot of alcohol. I'm excited. Um. <laughs> I saw a lot of people uh, at halftime, you know, trying to dunk on the NFL and defend college football, and be like, "Oh, the the selection committee, sh- you know, messed up or whatever." And then just to see that game turn around and become one of the best games in recent memory, 
I just just sweet vindication. Like just suck it, college football only fans. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, man, I'll tell you what. This fucking game really set the tone from the wild card weekend for me as a gambler. <clears throat> uh, thank God that um, Brett Maher missed those kicks to kind of almost kind of claw back to even. But yeah, I was one of the people that went to fucking. Bed. I didn't watch a second of the game. I didn't give a shit. Uh, I went. To, I went to bed. It was twenty-seven nothing. But honestly, two fucking things really stood out to me. Um, uh, outside of fuck you, Staley, and everything that you guys are doing there, I'm off of that wagon. But you can't fire him because he's never had a losing season. But two things you I fucking absolutely loved was you have to love Trevor Lawrence hitting Waffle House. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you guys saw um, uh, Patrick Mahomes talking about that. And uh, they're asking him what he did after his first playoff win. He's like, I don't know, probably something with a lot of Coors Light. But uh, he's like, I'll, I'll have to find something <laughs> if we can win. Uh, that was just fucking awesome. Man, the people go out to a goddamn Waffle House and hang out with everyone. That was dope. But I I loved every second of the uh, Joey Bosa, the rants. Like, uh, yeah. every, every everything he said, I loved every fucking bit of it. I, that was that was pretty awesome, in my my humble opinion. I mean, he also kind of cost the charges the game. But. Oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the, the refing in this game, you know, Derek – you watch the first half. In the first half, it was particularly bad. Um, they just straight up weren't calling anything. Yeah, um, some of the, the yeah. that that second interception by Lawrence, the receiver the receiver gets to the top of the route and just gets mugged, moved off the spot, and then the DB just catches it casually. Like what? Like what are we doing? Like what game are we playing? Because yeah. this isn't NFL. Yep. Asante Samuel had three picks. Yeah, <laughs> three picks in the first quarter. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking insane. I mean, that that was wild. And yeah, you mentioned the T log going to to uh, Waffle House thing. So amazing! Like how Jacksonville is that shit. Only thing that could end it better with the T log going to to Waffle House thing. T log gets his ass kicked at Waffle House because my <laughs> Chargers fans. No, no. I mean, <laughs> truly, I don't know if you guys are watching, but if you've ever seen a fight video from Waffle House, they're fucking lit. Yep. Um, Trevor Lawrence getting his uh, pretty little face bashed in. That, that would have oh, been now that would have been super wild card weekend. That or, that or he breaks his hand <laughs> fucking defending himself. So, his so hand. What, what, you, what, what? I, I, I picture him being like Michael Jackson, like. <laughs> Do you think he chose? I guess is he particularly fond of Waffle House, or is that just like fine dining in Jacksonville? <laughs> I, I think it's fine dining in Jacksonville. Honestly, plus it's open late. Yeah, and he's 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 his whole career has existed in that little armpit of America. Um, he grew up in I think Atlanta or it was, it was somewhere in the Georgia area. He, he's and originally he went, from Tennessee and then moved to Georgia. Um, yeah, but he grew up mostly in in Georgia. Played high mm-hmm. school football in Georgia. Then went to Clemson, which is right across the Georgia border. Yep. Um, and then and then he goes to Jacksonville. So he's just kind of been in this little little armpit triangle. Um, by the way, I travel these spots a lot for work. Despicable places, all of them, um, <laughs> especially Clemson. Like, ugh. Uh, South Carolina is just, ugh. and uh, Jacksonville, ugh. like, it, imagine being the worst big city in Florida. Like, that's what Jacksonville is. But worst big city in the world. <laughs> yeah, he's the king of Jacksonville, and Jacksonville just continues to grow. But Joey Bosa, quite the snozzer on that guy, huh? Oh yeah. my goodness! I mean, so what was your favorite <laughs> part of Joey Bosa? Was it the post game rant where he said that the refs were definitely talking about him in that locker room, um, or was it 
the first time he threw his helmet down or the second time he threw his helmet down? I, I, I just I just love the rant, like him just like straight talking shit. He's like, I got this fucking right. He's like, I got this fucking ref out here. He's just trying. Basically, basically, dude's trying me. And then he's like, oh, yeah, say it again. I'll throw a flag. And it's like, he's like, I can't punch him. I can't punch him in the face. But if I say anything, I'm going to get fucking fined 50 grand, but he's not going to get held accountable for anything. It's bullshit, which is correct. Like, imagine, imagine uh, the mic'd up. I hope there's a mic'd up coming off that, and you just get, like, the ref talking shit to him. Could you imagine what would happen? I, I don't think that would get but, released. I mean, how childish do you have to be to, like, want to win a beef in the middle of, like, a situation? Like, don't yeah, hurt yeah. your football team. Don't be a selfish fucking idiot. Like, he's, he's, oh, a, he's a man-child. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. I mean, he literally cost the charges a game. There's yeah. really no getting around it. But then All he right. throws his helmet on the sideline. Brandon Staley scoops it up for him real quick, hands it back to him, and he does what? Checks yeah. it again. I mean, if you <laughs> if, if you have the lack of if you don't have the player's respect at all, like for that situation, plus that that, that whole like blowing the twenty seven point lead, I just don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they didn't really run the ball in the second half, which doesn't make any sense. When no, you they, have they, they, Austin Eckler did not run the ball in the second half. He did not yeah. get nope. one carry, and he was so, averaging like six yards per carry. So what is what is Joe Lombardi doing there? And rightfully, he gets fired. Um, I think that's pretty clear that that means that Staley's not going to get fired this year. But we that offense definitely was an issue. And Justin Herbert did not look good in the second half either. Like, I don't think that that's even all on the coordinator and just not calling good plays. I think that's, that's on Justin Herbert, just not playing well. Yeah. I'm, you guys, I'm sorry. I'm, oh, you sorry. Guys I, ter- no, go ahead, Marcus. I was just, yeah, I, I agree. I was like, I'm sorry, but there's no fucking reason in any universe that you have a fucking four score lead. And you have you're throwing the ball fifty times, and, it, and that's not where you're getting it. Like you, there's no there's no excuse. It's disgusting. Yeah, Justin Herbert played a really bad game, um, but I really think it has a lot to do with Joe Lombardi. Who, by the way, I don't know if you guys have heard the term Nebo baby, but Joe Lombardi is literally Vince Lombardi's grandson. Mm-hmm. So um, talk about a Nepo project that failed. He's really bad. I mean, he should have been fired way long ago i so long ago I, and by the way reports with the bucks that left which was almost fired after the bye week mm-hmm. i think the whole season could have possibly changed with that um yeah i i you know I, I think there are some firings that are too reactionary but you know left which and, and lombardi i think were just clearly the problems are, are big prop part of the problems and they if i think if the Chargers would have gotten rid of lombardi early on it could have been a completely different season for him justin herbert just looks so bad all year, mm-hmm. not a good season for Justin Herbert at all. He regressed. There's no do, doubt about it. Do any of you guys I mean, think he that have, he says like lingering injuries from like earlier yeah. on in the season it has to he, be right? Yeah, he did have like I think a rib injury and stuff earlier in the season. So I, I definitely think that that contributed to it. But the offensive game plan it was just not creative. It was very predictable out of Lombardi, and it had been all year. And then conversely, you go to the other side and Doug Peterson does a master job of being incredibly aggressive in that situation, understanding that they are down as much as they are and not giving up on Trevor Lawrence, who basically didn't look flustered despite throwing four first half interceptions. He honestly looked great the rest of the game. For sure. Yep. So hat tip to Doug Peterson, even though he wears a a visor. But whatever. God, the fucking stones on that guy. Just huge <laughs> balls. Huge balls. 
huge, huge. Um, yeah, the type of balls you see out of the corner of your eye in the gym shower, and you just can't take your eyes away. Um, <laughs> just huge balls, just just jiggling huge balls. And I hope he showered with the boys so they could get a good look. Um, let's move on to the Seahawks 49ers game. Uh, Derek, you were talking about vindication. We talked about Brock Purdy last week, and uh, some of you guys pulled back on Brock. Mr. Drew, Mr. Drew Forbes, he doubled down like a motherfucker on Brock Purdy on our last pod. And I feel great. He looked really bad the first quarter and for most of the first half. But holy shit, this guy is fucking awesome. Brock Purdy is the man. He, he's, he's, he's the future for the 49ers. Um, but the Seahawks, like, hell of a season. Like, you can't even fault the Seahawks for anything that happened for this entire year. Um, except for maybe that they probably should have been worse. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean they play they play pretty well. Geno Smith looked good. They developed their they had a really good draft. They found two tackles in the same draft, which is not really something that you see that gets done. And both of them played really well this year. Um, obviously, this team still has some holes. They're not quite as talented as you know the 49ers um, or a healthy Rams team. But th- you know that's that's a great season. I think that they basically played with house money all year this year. Um, so if you're a Seahawks fan, you gotta be, you know, in, in positive, uh, positive mindset and optimistic towards the future. But Kyle Shanahan just unleashes CMC and Debo and just the ability, the ability to break tackles and do all the stuff that they're able to do. Brock Purdy all of a sudden turns into looking bad in the first half to looking like, you know, uh, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league in the second half or something. It, it was ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. I think the, the Shanahan for- offense really simplifies the look and, and makes it really easy. Yes. Um, I, again, that's kind of why I'm, I'm still like, you know, holding him back on Brock because I just think it, he's a, a great quarterback for that system, uh, which is all you need in the NFL. And, and I think he is a quarterback of the future. Cause again, I think it's all that they need and why I spend a premium on, on a position that you obviously don't need in the way, you know, they, they're going to have to pay CMC, continue to pay him, Debo, all those guys. Uh, but the way that they're set up, I, I don't think that you know the quarterback position is too valuable to them. So I think he's a perfect guy for that scenario, that situation. Um, you'd like to see some other teams, you know, figure out what Shanahan's doing and maybe simplify it for your quarterback and stop, you know, reaching in the first round on guys like I don't know Trey Lance. Maybe the 49ers could take mm. lessons from the 49ers. And just just a little food for thought for reminder. Just imagine if media didn't hype up fucking Trey Lance and kind of put them in a little pickle here. Imagine if the Niners don't fucking trade all that extra capital they're gifted. They could have, I don't know, got Micah Parsons and then uh, been have had him on that fucking defense and still had another first round pick. And, I don't, I don't, I think you know, we, we can say blanket. Oh, it's the media because it's, you know, it's what we listen to. And it's, you know, it, well, it's the face of everything you see in here. But I just think it's the NFL in general. Like every guy wants to be the smartest guy. Everybody wants well, to find the, the you know who's that that you know, the next Tom Brady. Who's the deep pick that well, we can get and looks you know smarter than everybody else? Yeah. So so it, it kind of it circles right back to like earlier. Like who's the smartest guy in the room being a fucking dickhead? And but the media makes it loud because it's coming from somewhere. Like they have the obviously the sources that everyone wants to overhype and like overproject and. The next big, uh, the ceiling's so high. But yeah, like, but if, it, but if idiots like us didn't consume it, that there wouldn't be a product. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean the the scouts definitely take some blame in this too, right? Uh, the 49ers have scouts 
they opted to draft him. I'm sure that wasn't entirely just media hype. They their their scouts saw some. Imagine they liked if him. more people went to Brock Purdy's birthday party and he would have been drafted earlier. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, him and Bo Callahan. <laughs> oh, Bo! I'm glad you guys got that. <laughs> yeah, that's my. I fucking love that movie. Um, but but also just I, I guys. Uh, I know everyone. I know you. Some of the some people on this podcast like to uh, talk about the quote unquote glass boy, but could be a fucking massive season next next year coming from the Niners uh, from Caffrey. You talk about Derry Sanders over there. Derry Sanders is he's just uh, just incredible, and he 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 really just brings such an, a different element to that offense, which really opens up fucking Debo. And mm-hmm. it, and you know what? Uh, 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 what's really George Kittle has been relatively quiet, but Brock Purdy loves him. But like he's still fucking finding ways to yeah, yeah big, be uh, big plays more big than downs. impressive. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and he he's, he still led the team in touchdowns. So like you know maybe the volume's not there, but he's handling business every spot that he needs to. That the Niners are so fucking yeah, dangerous. I mean, and I I love CMC, and like I don't know how you can knock people for being like oh he's injury prone. Like you can just pull up Football Reference and see how many games he's yeah. missed. He played played ten well, games in two seasons. You yeah. had him. You should know more than anybody. We don't yeah. talk about Glass Boy. We we state facts about Glass Boy because he's made of glass. But I love him. While, I man. love him when he's healthy. And this is one of the most he's ridiculous. healthy seasons. I've never up. doubted the guy's talent. I've never doubted the, it's just like Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin was the most dominant player every time he stepped on the field, but he couldn't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And Christian McCaffrey, you know, he's got different injuries. I love Christian McCaffrey. He's so much fun to watch. But, yeah, he's, he's had trouble staying healthy, and, and God bless him for staying healthy. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. But as long as it lasts, I have never seen a talent combo like George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, That's Debo unreal. Samuel. And the guy that gets forgotten is Brandon Ayuk is fucking yeah. Good. He boys. is really good. Brandon Ayuk is good. Like really, 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 really talented. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that guy. And he's kind of coming out of his shell. I think he had kind of a slow start to his career. Mm-hmm. He is fucking awesome now. Like Brandon Ayuk yeah. is the real deal. I mean, uh yeah. This team is insane. A little bit of a insane. raw player coming out of Arizona State, um, but obviously super talented. He beats coverage all the time. <laughs> Um, and you know, his hands have gotten better. He's more willing blocker than he used to be. And, uh, I think before the season, they said he got interviewed or whatever. And he was like, I'm just glad that I'm no longer the guy who's in Kyle's doghouse every more, every Hmm. week. So, you know, uh, he's starting to get it and I think he's super talented. So that's, that's great for the 49ers and bad for the rest of the NFC. Their wide receiver blocking was like noticeably impressive that game too. Absolutely. That that yeah. that, uh, that, deep, that long <clears throat> Debo Samuel play is kind of a, just a nothing out route, and all of a sudden becomes mm-hmm. a seventy-five yard touchdown because he picks up an amazing block on the sideline. Yeah. All right, boys. Um, b- before we move on to the uh, the upcoming games, um, I do want to let's break it up a little bit. Let's move on to shower thoughts. So shower thoughts, our most random thoughts of the week. Uh, we'll get a little bit off football here. Um, let's start with you, Newman. Shower thought of the week. So supposedly the Jets are interviewing Nathaniel Hackett for their offense coordinator position. And <laughs> that awesome. is a frightening shower thought um, because I don't think that Dan- Nathaniel Hackett is obviously we saw what he did as a head coach this year um, as a play caller. And that offense did not look good. His previous time as a play caller was when he was in Jacksonville. He wasn't ever the play caller with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. 
Um, the only positive thing that could come from Nathaniel Hackett being the offense coordinator for the Jets is if that also means they're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers and he maybe can get the best out of him. I don't know. Ugh, but uh, I, no. I don't like it. I don't no. like it. What? Did, what? Are you fucking serious? At first I thought you were joking. What? Dude, no. That's embarrassing. Holy shit, yes. that's embarrassing. That's so fucking embarrassing. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Dude, fuck, <laughs> fuck those jets. Dude, you know what? Did I go a step why why stop there, Jets? Why not do co offensive coordinators? Let's go uh Adam Gase and Nathaniel Hackett. And, and Byron Leftwich. They can co run the offense together. Why not? Do you, do you think Byron Leftwich could still play quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Derek, shower thought of the week. So I was all, I, I was pumped. I had my normal non football shower thought ready to go. Uh, then I made the mistake of uh, going on Twitter in the shower. And <laughs> yep. now I, I, I have a football related one that I, I just can't get over. So at what point, as a, as a Patriots fan, I know, you know, we, we've never really known adversity for most of my adult life, uh, really any of my adult life. But at what point can I just say, okay, it's time to move on from Bill Belichick? Because after a season of not having an offensive, uh, offensive or defensive coordinator, they're now admitting, okay, we should probably have an offensive coordinator. And they started the interview process. Their top three candidates are Keenan McCardell, which, okay, not too beat up about that one. Uh, the, their own tight end coach who, I mean, the only thing I know of his work is uh, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry have done fucking nothing. And... Bill O'Brien. Oh my God! Like reunited, and it feels. What is the Bill's obsession with bringing back guys (laughs) who fucking flamed out in the NFL? Like how how many does he need? How many is enough? How many former NFL head coaches do you need on one staff? Former assistants? No, former Um, head coaches. He has Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, and now Bill O'Brien. Maybe like how many fucking? But but they were, but they were also all assistants. I I just why why are we retreading the same guys? Bring back Romeo Crennel. The entire the entire coaching staff is going to be flamed out. Former assistants slash head coaches and his fucking kids. Maybe maybe Romeo Crennel will be the defensive coordinator. Is Romeo Crennel alive? I don't know. No, he's, Mar- he died. I was say, More importantly, <laughs> no, I'm Mar- pretty sure he's alive. That guy, oh, I was like, man, well, you never know, man. He's been fat for a really long time. More importantly, do you think Keenan McCardell actually has a legit chance, or are they just kind of filling a well? Isn't a need he the receivers coach? For I don't know if you. I don't. Do you have the Rooney rule? I don't know if the Rooney rule does that apply to coordinators. I'm sure. So, yes, I'm sure. it does. Oh, actually, okay. um, there is there is a bit of a Rooney rule in place for coordinators. It's not no, and I, and I know like as... Keenan McCardell has been. Uh, he's the one I mind the least. Like he's the one that, that at least has, has had some buzz. I just don't want like to retread for, and it's coming from Alabama too, which is already a fucking pipeline with New England. I just when, when can I mean, when can I give up on I, Bill? I think personally, I think Keenan McCardell is a great choice. Uh, he he. Uh, I think he he has a great. Um, he, I don't I don't know if I would s- take a swing at him quite yet at offensive coordinator, but I mean he's been a huge reason why J- Justin Jefferson has been as good as he has been. Yeah, no, I, that, well, like good. I said, that's the one I mind the least. The Bill O'Brien one is the one yeah. that sent me over the edge today. Oh, it's yeah, that's just horrible, so, man. God, so, NFL teams like to repeat mistakes. It's, it's crazy. Going back to the college thing and and Bill O'Brien being at Alabama, um, Alabama fans want Bill O'Brien gone, so they don't like him there even. Um, so going back to New England, like, they am, I, am I supposed to be impressed that. that a guy had a lot of success 
at a program that was already successful with the most talent in the country and still didn't win the fucking conference? Like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I mean, you guys are talking a lot of like you know, statistical things, and that's cool. Uh, how about you just Google Bill O'Brien on Alabama and take a look at the fact that the guy literally has an asshole on his chin. <laughs> a literal asshole on his chin. Google Bill O'Brien, Alabama, and tell me what you see. It is a fully blown, chapped, like kind of hemorrhoidy asshole. And you know what? Right on his chin. Even if he gains a few pounds, he'd still be the fucking self-conscious fat guy. Yep. Oh, dude, he's deaf. No jolliness. No, we, we zero jolliness. Zero jolliness. No, yeah. he was. He was like used to be captain of his football team, and now he's like bitter fat guy. That do you think? Fat guy. Do you think if if the Patriots brought in Bill O'Brien, they could um they could get. DeAndre Hopkins you, to come Can you there? stop speaking? Like, I think someone's going to speak in existence in an accident. Like, can we stop saying Bill O'Brien and, and, and the Patriots in the same sentence? Like, please. All right, Marcus, shower thought of the week. Well, uh, first, Derek, you should uh, let uh, let Bill Belichick sit as long as he wants because no, that he's is going never to. And I, I know he's going yeah. to, and I fucking hate it, and I sound like a bitch being mad about it. But like, God, like, why, yeah. like, it's. Yeah, you'll you'll look back at those twenty years forever. Um, so my shower thoughts. Uh, I can go on and on about media, but I love to fucking hate football, and I hate to love it. Like I wish I just didn't. I wish my whole world did. Sometimes I wish my whole world didn't revolve perfectly around it. Like just gambling, entertaining, but man, I fucking hate life without <laughs> football. Uh, yep. And and even this like a, a pretty solid example was. Um, I don't know if you. I'm sure everyone saw it, but the. Um, you guys all know I love fucking first down, first touchdown props. Did you guys see the uh, that better that missed that first touchdown prop on the uh, Justin Jefferson t- overturned touchdown? Oh yeah, ah uh, man. And then just looking at that, I'm like, man, that fucking stings. But what a fucking rush that was. And then 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 there's the what ifs. Everything I I hate it, but goddamn, do I love it? And I'm gonna be so depressed when football's gone. And um, I'm already looking forward to uh, September. Yeah, sad boy February is coming for this guy. <sighs> my my seasonal depression is directly linked linked to football. Is that 100%. healthy? No. I wouldn't live life any other way. <laughs> any other way. Um my shower thought of the week, it's not really a shower thought. Well, it is. I think about him a lot in the shower. Uh, Tim Tebow. Um so uh, we're coming up in two days for those who celebrate. Tim Tebow's anniversary. Um, I know I, you know, I, I take Jackie out for dinner every year on Tim Tebow's anniversary, as I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, and you know, it's it's you might think like, okay, it, it's a happy time. Nope. January twentieth, twenty twenty, Tebow fucked for the first time, and the entire world fell apart around him. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I know this segment. Started very happy. Well, it's about to get really fucking real. We are now in the three-year anniversary of Tim Tebow's anniversary, and the world just keeps going further and further to shit. Uh, case in point, Jacksonville Jaguars are still in the playoffs, second round, um, right after he got married and fucked for the first time. So the, the theory is that Tebow's dick ended the world, and it's not a theory. This is this is a fact. Scientists have proven this. Yeah. Um, Go check right, out the video that we made yep. uh, if you want more detail on that. It's 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 a very factual video. Um, you know, I, I some independent fact checkers have have checked it out and they got back to us and they said can't find any fault. Nothing <laughs> in that video is is uh, satirical or anything. Um, yeah. Kobe died right after Tebow got his dick wet. 
Um, and then a couple weeks later, uh, COVID hit. Uh, they shut down the NBA. They shut down the XFL. Uh, then, you know, kind of going forward a little bit in the timeline, you guys all know 2020 was a bummer year. Um, then Betty White dies eventually. Um, you know, not related to COVID, but I would say related to Tebow's dick. And I'm sure that independent fact checkers will support me on that. Um, so Betty White, our precious princess, she died. Um, the movie Morbius was made after after uh, Tim Tebow got his dick wet. I uh, Coincidence? I think not. Um, more recently, uh, and I think you guys will support me on this, uh, Velma, a show that everyone has just come together of all political sides and uh, ideologies and has decided that this show is trash. Um, I also blame Tim Tebow's dick for that. Um, and that just came out in the last month, probably celebrating, you know, Tim Tebow's anniversary, how terrible that show is. Uh, fuck you, Tim Tebow. Um, if you would have just stayed a virgin forever, I think the world would have been a much better place. So um, celebrate, lament, however you want to. Uh, on Friday, remember, third year anniversary, the first time Tebow fucked. Should we get to next week's games? <laughs> That's powerful. Dread it, dread it, run from it. Tim Tebow's dick finds you all the same. Um, yeah, let's get to these games. Probably the worst game of the week. Um, and, and again, uh, w- related to Tim Tebow's dick, uh, Jags at Chiefs. Uh, eight and a half point favorites, the Chiefs. Uh, any chance the Jags win this game, boys? Well, I mean, there's always you're saying there's it's, a chance. Is Pat, Patrick Mahomes healthy? I mean, I think I think if the, that that was basically it. If if he gets injured somehow, um, that would be the Jags' chance. But outside of that, uh, I don't think so. No, no fucking chance. No fucking chance. Do they cover? Can they cover, Marcus? What are you taking? Uh, my gut's saying yes. They're gonna fucking. They're gonna probably beat him by twenty. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna step out here. Uh, I think the Chiefs have some holes. Um, and I think if the second half Jacksonville Jaguars play four quarters of football, I think they beat the Chiefs. You think they beat the Chiefs? I think if if they play their best football, they have a chance. Yeah, I do. Okay, have a chance, but you don't you don't think they're actually going? To no, play. but if it happened, I I don't I don't think it's as crazy as you guys think it is. I don't think. Um, if, I don't think it's crazy it, at all. It, this, team, this team just played on November 13th, and this team has gotten a lot better since then. Uh, they only lost by 10 points then. They're kind of young since and dumb then they beat. Yeah, totally. Oh, dude, Trevor Lawrence, if you get one of those pep talks from Trevor Lawrence for the game where he says something really inspiring, like, come on, guys, let's go do Fucking it. Fucking chill. You're telling me. Dude, you, you're going to run through a wall for that guy. He's going to say something crazy like, hey, guys, let's go out there and give our best. And you're going to be like, I'm going to fucking win this game for Trevor. <laughs> yeah. They beat the Ravens since since since, since that Chiefs game loss. Uh, they beat the Cowboys. They beat the Titans. They beat the Jets. They beat the Texans, the mighty Texans with Davis Mills. Um, they beat the Titans. I mean, really, though, they beat the Cowboys. That's huge. So... Uh, this team has been awesome for the last month of the year. I think there, I think anything's possible in this game. It's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I like the Chiefs here. Um, 
Andy Reid off a of bye week. Enough said. Of course, of course, I like the Chiefs, but I, I do think the Jags have a chance to make this a good game. And we, I mean, I, they, they have a chance. I just, I think the Chiefs win. I think the Chiefs cover. Um, not being boring. Let's be sensationalist. That, yeah. yeah. Give me a good take. Um, <laughs> Marcus, Jags yeah. by 30. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm down for some wild predictions. I will not sniff that one. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's not, it's not going to happen. I, I think the Chiefs inevitably win this game, but I I think uh, if, if the the more the worse we think this game is going to be, the better it will be. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, all Giants right. at Eagles. Now this this has the makings to be an interesting game uh, because <laughs> the Eagles struggled to beat the Giants with Davis Webb. Mm-hmm. This is the final week of the year, um, and uh, I think Daniel Jones might be unlocked a little bit. Anybody taking the Giants in this game or any 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 crazy like edgy thoughts on this one? No, I think Philly gets fucking right back to it. Um, um, I mean, like, let's, let's be honest. Jalen Hurts wouldn't have even sniffed that game. So they like that week 18 game if they didn't need that win. And they had to obviously change a lot of that game plan. Philly's going to come out and fucking mud stomp the fucking Giants. I'm a little worried about his shoulder. I'm be completely honest. Um I, I don't like if if his shoulder is not right. I think the like I think the margin of error. Like I think that that opens it up to the Giants winning. Um, I really like Danny Dimes as far as what he's done the last few weeks and how they're utilizing him. Uh, you know they put up the stat between his, his playoff. Um, you know the stat line and you know anytime Steve Young's in the mix, you, you know you're doing something right when it comes to playoffs. So playoffs, I. I don't think it, this one's as cut as dry as people think. Uh, obviously, Philadelphia is you know the number one seed. Uh, they had a great season, but I just I, I really worry about the health of, of Jalen Hurts' shoulder. Yeah, I'm not really concerned with Jalen Hurts' shoulder. I think that the the difference between um, this game and last week for the Giants is just that the Eagles' defense is way better. Um, this is a significantly better team in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, the Eagles have good good players in the secondary. They're supposed to get uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson back for this game, and I think that's going to play a big difference for them um, at safety. And so I I just don't see the Giants really doing a ton um, in terms of moving the ball very effectively here. So I'm on the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean ultimately I'm on the Eagles too, but I just think this – I think we're going to have a lot of really good close football games this week. Uh, probably more so than, yeah, than a lot of people see, initially would think. I don't so. think this one's that close. I actually think that there's a chance that this is a bigger blowout than okay, the Jets okay. Chiefs. So I think uh, I think Eagles by three. Uh, I think the Giants in- inevitably cover in this game. Um, interesting for the Eagles. I think every team remaining uh, in the NFC playoffs is has a good foundation to beat the Eagles. Um, I think the best team to beat the Eagles is the 49ers, but. The way you beat the Eagles is to not pass a lot and to run down their throats. That's really the only way you can you can beat this team because um, they are susceptible to run. They've shown that, uh, and the teams that have almost beat them have just kind of you know crammed it down their throats. They have an excellent secondary. So yeah, I I, do, I think the Eagles get it done this week, but I think both the Cowboys and the 49ers have the composition to beat them in the following week. And I do think it's going to be a better game than, than uh, you think, Newman. I think it's going to be a three-pointer. What's a better okay. nickname? Is it Darius Sanders or Vanilla Vic? <laughs> I like Vanilla Vic. That's great. I like Vanilla Vic, Is that Vic Daniel too. Jones' new nickname? Yeah, yeah it's Daniel Jones. 
Someone did a really funny Photoshop of him, and it's really good. Um, well, well, Vanell Vic is a better passer than Lamar Jackson, but definitely a better runner than Alex Smith. So I can go either way, but I'll take Derry Sanders. I mean, you're trying to make Vic out. I was like, oh man, burn hot take. But yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Danny, I think Danny Dimes probably is a better passer than Lamar Jackson. That, yeah. I think uh, Brock Purdy's probably better at passing than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Lamar passing. Jackson is a great passer. I think he's an incredible offensive weapon. Yeah, he's an inc- incredible offensive weapon. But you, you can't. You know. Why are we talking about Lamar Jackson? All right, <laughs> right. let's move on. Um, bang- <laughs> you Yinzers are, are something else. Um, <laughs> Bengals, Bengals, Bills, best game of the weekend. Well, honestly, both the Sunday games are just incredible. They're they're both just going to be barn burners, uh, and I'm actually shocked at this line. Um, also a little pissed off the fight. The, the, the NFL dropped the ball on doing the neutral site game for the AFC championship. Fuck that should have been the AFC championship. The bill, the Bengals beat the bills at home during the regular season during the game that justifiably got canceled. But to make this right, this should have been played on a neutral site. Um, I think the NFL really fucked up here. Uh, because now they have to go and play the Bills, and if the Bengals would have just won out and, and beat the Bills, this game would have been played in Cincinnati. So yeah. I do think it's wild in a in a huge miscalculation, but from the NFL, I don't, I don't. The Bills being five point favorites is wild to me. I don't no get way. how you draw a line around one situation and, and and exclude the other. So to me, it's either yeah. like no neutral sites or both neutral sites. Both a thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. It, it, honestly, they 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 really should have pushed everything back because the way the skill challenge is going for the pro bowl, all the other games, they really should have just played the rest of that fucking game. Agreed. And, and, and pushed everything back a week and kind of, you know, mixed and matched. You could have easily did the, the skills challenge um, all, you know, balanced around those playoff games and still got all the same ratings and money, et cetera, et cetera. But th- there was, there was just too much on the line just to say, well, we'll, we'll make that adjustment. Just, just finish it out, push everything back call it a day but yeah fives were way too fucking much um talked a lot i talked a lot about how buffalo's uh defensive injuries are uh very very painful but you know Bengals uh just lost another um i think they just lost a lineman or two as well uh it's gonna it's gonna be a very very powerful emotional game give me some fucking points here but that's gonna be my uh second favorite game of the weekend can you imagine the ex- the XFL's reaction if, if the Super Bowl got pushed back one week? <laughs> <laughs> the XFL's like whole strategy is to start the week after the Super Bowl. Well, no, <laughs> that would yeah, well, fucking I'm, awesome. Well, what I'm saying is instead of having that, no, 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 I, no, 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 I, I, I fully yeah, get gotcha. what you're saying. It would have been hilarious if they would have just delayed everything and <laughs> the Super Bowl. I would have fucking dude. That would have been worth it just for the meme potential. Like the, the, the XFL gearing their whole strategy towards being a week after the Super Bowl and then it just gets ruined. Wow. That would have been awesome. Been worth yes. it for that alone. So where are you at on this game though, Marcus? Who who's the winner? Uh, I'm, I'm and, uh, and coverage on the on the line there. I'm gonna I'm points. gonna I ha- there's like I'm gonna have to bet since since he cover. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna obviously cheer, but I, th- I do think that we're gonna be rooting for Josh Allen to kind of finish it late so we can watch another stupid-ass neutral game. But it'd be kind of cool to watch Jacksonville travel to Buffalo. But give me the Bills late, uh, kind of work out some of those kinks, but I'm, I'm taking the over. It's going to it's gonna be a very much lack of a defense on both sides, lack of getting pressure 
um, even with like the banged up everybody. But give, give me the Bills late, but I like the Bengals cover. I I kind of think that the Bengals have a chance to win this game outright. Well, that would especially be for if, sure, if, especially if Josh Allen plays the way he did um, last week. Joe Anarum, whatever his name is, um, the defense coordinator for the Bengals, is definitely a, pretty good at disguising stuff. I think the Bengals defense has played well this year, so that I think that can keep them in this game against the Bills. Um, you saw kind of what happened with the Bills offense. You, you take away guys like. Um, Stefan Diggs and stuff and, and, and force Josh Allen to try to beat you. Um, I think this, that there's this, a chance. This is the only know, game I can see going either way. This is literally the only game I see yeah. going either way. Coin flip it. Every other game is going to be a fucking blowout. And I can't wait to talk about the next one. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that could be the case there. Um, so I'm going to take the Bengals get, I'll take the five points. Um, and I think there's a chance they win this outright, as I mentioned. So I wouldn't, wouldn't hate some money line action there. I'm with you, Newman. I think the Bengals are going to win this game. I actually think they're going to win it pretty big. Um, don't like what I'm seeing about uh, the Bills. Uh, the Bengals, the beginning of that that Bengals game, uh, the last Bengals game, you know, Bengals looked like they were going to win. I mean, it was only seven to three, but the Bengals just they looked like the better team. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, if that hit from Higgins doesn't happen, I think that they probably blow them out then. So. Um, I just I, I love the Bengals and I think they match up really really well against the Bills. I really yeah. do. Do you guys think anyone dies again on this field during this game or no? I think well, yeah, it's a different field, but if Brian on this field, yeah, I mean if Brian Dable attends the game, he could possibly die, but that's that's unrelated. <laughs> it's just a, an obesity thing. Um, but uh, yeah, Derek, Derek, pick your winner. I am going to. I, th- I think it's the Bengals, but man, I want the Bills to win just for the drama. I, d- I just want I want to be I want the Bills to win by a field goal, and Bengals fans to just lose their fucking minds. And yeah. a Bills Chiefs AFC Championship yeah. would be pretty lit. I love it. I I mean I think the AFC Championship game with the Chiefs and either of these teams is is pretty lit, but because the Bengals have beaten the the Chiefs three times in a row, so. Yeah, and, and what, what about Jags Bengals? That'd be pretty lit. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Come on, guys. You... <laughs> one more game and we're in. All right, one, one more two, time. Three break. I, I, I think a, J- a Jags Giants Super Bowl would be pretty sick. <laughs> it would actually. No, it would be so bad. Oh, that'd be the end of the NFL right there. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be the end of, of the NFL. Like players almost dying, not even close. Jags Giants. End of the NFL. Well, cute. Imagine Danny Dimes fucking throwing like 500 yards in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so the last game of the weekend, um, the Cowboys go to take on the 49ers. So Cowboys kind of get <clears> – <throat> they're playing <clears throat> an uphill battle here because they played Monday night and now they're going to play on Sunday. So they lose a day, a full day there. And then they also – we're the road team for both those games. So, you know, you're looking at four, well, three flights uh, in order to get to that game. So you, you lose a day of practice, day of, day of preparation and stuff, which does not bode well for them when you're going up against a mastermind like Kyle Shanahan. I think this is a 49ers pretty easy cover. Um, and I'm not worried about Micah Parsons because I will just see, I expect to see a bunch of chip action and players well, going geez. after him. Uh, t- the, the sentence, the statement, I'm not worried about Micah Parsons, cannot exist in any rational human's mind. <laughs> I, uh, I I just did some deep reflection and, and really self-reflection 
and meditation uh, to to figure out if I could possibly care less that the Vic- that the Cowboys got screwed a little bit with the scheduling, and I can confirm, nope, zero percent. Nope, uh, it would be impossible. No, I'm, I'm just less. saying that it it definitely hurts them in them. this game and. I'm. I'm not saying I feel bad for him. I don't want the Cowboys it to do is. anything. Monday night. Monday night playoff games need to go oh, away. Stupid. It's a stupid, pointless money grab. It's fucking dumb, and it needs to end. It makes no sense. Yep. It I, uh, really makes no sense. We uh, we're uh, we're fucking at golf last weekend talking, and uh, one of the guys he's just like, "Let's be honest, Monday's so fucking stupid." He's like, "Listen, it's America. We get fucking hammered on Fridays. Like, if we want to make an extra game on Friday night, we're here for it." But we want to drink all day and watch on Saturday and watch football. And then we want to drink all day on Sunday and watch football. And then we want to call it for half a day on Monday because we're too hungover from the weekend. Monday night games are stupid during the playoffs. So stupid. It's ridiculous. It's really stupid. But uh, Who you guys got? Cowboys, Niners. Boys, who's on the Cowboys? Uh, I'm taking the 49ers um, by 49. <laughs> Uh, I think this is actually going to be a great game, like a really, really, really good game. Um, I'm not subscribing to the blowout theory, uh, although you know I, I truly believe the Bucks are just a bad team, like just straight up. There probably should have been two other NFC teams in the playoffs besides the Bucks from other divisions that probably would have made it better. Uh, the Lions being one of them, of course, but uh, I I just think that this Cowboys team it goes to this defense, and the defense looks fucking sweet. Um, so I do think it's going to be a close game. I do think ultimately the 49ers edge it out, though, at the very end. But I do think it's going to be a great game. I could even see the Cowboys going up early and uh, Big Cock Brock coming back. Dak just played the game, like literally the game of his life. Uh, I just feel like not only is he a regression candidate, I could just see him kind of shit in the bed like, off of that. Yeah, D'Amico Ryan's going to have a field day with that one. Um, guys, this is this one's really fucking easy for me. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna get ugly, ugly fast. Nick Bosa is gonna have multiple sacks, and he's gonna have his hands in not one but two turnovers. Dak's gonna get fucking embarrassed out there. It's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be just really fun to watch and make fun of people. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting at least three turnovers from Dallas. Uh, it's gonna be a, kind of a shit show. And uh, I will say on the turnover front, uh, obviously, you know the Cowboys threw the most interceptions this year. You know who had the most interceptions on defense this year? The the most takeaways? Uh, it was the 49ers. The 49ers? Yeah. What? No, yeah. keeping it relevant. So I, I just yeah. think it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a match made in heaven, and uh, it doesn't bode well for for Dallas. Yeah, the only yeah. thing that worries me is that Nick Bosa last week. I think he got a, a little bit fired up, got a little bit of boost from playing on uh, Martin Luther King weekend. Um, <laughs> I know he wanted to. I know he wanted to show out for that weekend. So, you know, a, a little bit, you know, almost a week past, he might not be quite as powerful, but you know, he, he's probably the defensive player of the year this year. So, you know, and uh, so he'll, he'll probably still show out. Yeah. I, I think it's a good time to show it. Like this is, this is a good time. Everyone can say what they want, but games like this, I think they actually do have a, an actual like impact on, you know, voting going forward, which it should be already locked, like, you know, signed, sealed, delivered, who gets those awards. But games like this will actually have, if, if anything that's close, we'll have, this will have an impact. All right, boys. Uh, so anything else to say about that? Big Cock Brock, is, gonna, is he going to have another huge game? I don't know that he's going to have a huge game, but I think it'll be pretty good and nice and efficient, maybe a touchdown or two. 
um, clean sheet and the 49ers are on to the NFC championship. One more thing to finish the pod. Let's just go around the horn. Everyone give me your Super Bowl champs right now. Newman. Uh, 49ers. Marcus. Well, I, I'd like to follow that one, but I'm, I'm going I'm to go ahead and ride uh, Philly. Derek. I, I, staying in the NFC. I'm, I'm so torn on this. I want to say 49. I think I'm going to go 49ers. Go to my head, but I, I like the Chiefs. But 49ers. I'm, I'm also... I, all right, if you guys are going 49ers, uh, I think the Super Bowl matchup is going to be Bengals 49ers, um, and I'm going to go Bengals. Uh, if, if, you guys, if, if you guys are going to go on 49ers, I think that would be a tremendous game. Um, somehow, a match of a Super Bowl prior. Somehow, even though Joe Burrow is a first number one overall pick, he always seems like kind of an underdog, and I don't even know why. He's just got kind of got that spirit about him. Yeah. Um, and I, I think mean, that would just be a tremendous. Maybe we'll see a John Candy uh, appearance at, um, at the Super Bowl. Big Cock Brock Bengals, versus, uh, uh, Joe Burrow. Guys, I, 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 think, I, think, I think it's really just matchups. Philly Philly is like the best matchup against the Niners and kind of like vice versa. But like Cow, the Cowboys, I think, could have matched up better. It's, it's just personnel. Uh, I think we're definitely going to see uh, back-to-back 1-2-1-2 one, two, one, two conference championships. But uh, I it's, it's it's I like Philly at home. I'm gonna I'm gonna just ride this uh, Jalen Hurts bandwagon. All right, all right. All right. Any closing thoughts? I, I feel like uh, if I turn off this podcast and all the cameras turn on, I'm gonna see a bunch of dicks. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my closing thought is I want to hear what Marcus has to say about the fact that Matt Canada was retained as his offense coordinator for the Steelers. Cunt, cunt, cunt. Mike Tomlin's a cunt. Canada's a cunt. <laughs> So Mike Tomlin's the GM now. Pretty much. He, he really has. He has no coaching tree. These are his hires. He's trash as fuck. No, let's go back to my theory. Mike Tomlin has wanted Matt Canada gone for years, but he speaks in weird rhymes and no, nobody understands what he's trying to convey. <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> Please give Matt Canada that accent call. <laughs> Derek? I don't know how to follow that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope Matt Canada retires. Uh, EA Steelers, great. <laughs> don't say that. You'll win a couple Super Bowls. Um, all right, boys. All of us here at Sports Cap Radio. Good night.